Hey, welcome everybody. This is the uh, fifth episode of the Bobby Bowen Show, and uh, we've kind of covered a lot of areas in, in the music business. And we kind of started out with uh, my story, and then talked to Kent Humphrey. He's a great singer, and then we went to a musician, Joe Cook, that used to be in the band I was with, Mid South. And uh, then we uh, we started. Uh, we went with the guy that uh, makes us all sound good when we go to a studio and record. Uh, Rick Sandage is a good friend of mine, been a friend of mine for about 20 years, telling us, you know, about how to record and, and all the experience. I had no idea he's been, he's recorded so many people. I had no idea a guy's been around. But uh, now we're working our way back around to old Gene Reasoner, a good friend of mine. I think we've known each other about 30 years, Gene. Long time. Long time. And uh, Gene's been around the block a time or two. He's been in country music, bluegrass. Christian country, Southern gospel. He's about done it all. I think the only thing you hadn't done, Gene, was heavy metal and rap. I think that's the only two things I hadn't heard you try. I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, Gene, uh, I want you to go way back. I've been having everybody go back to and, and talk about their childhood, you know, where they were born. What If you want to tell them what year, you know, then, then they can figure out the math and figure out how old you are. <laughs> and just kind of go uh, from – what were your influences? What, how'd you get started in the music business? Just kind of go from there. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Bobby. I think this is cool. I feel like I've made the big time now. I'm oh, on the man, Bobby yeah. Bowen show. Yeah, <laughs> you've made it, man. This is like the Ralph Emery show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. This is the beginning. Uh, uh, be. I don't know. Hope so. I think it's a great thing you're doing here. I, I was it. born in October of 1948. I was uh, born in October too, but not 1948. I was born on Alan Jackson's birthday, Reba Rambo's birthday, Kenny Henson's birthday, Earl Thomas Conley's birthday. Wow, uh, I share birthdays with a lot of cool people. And what day is that now? October 17th. 17th. 1948. Yeah. I was born on the 28th of October. Oh, all right. 63. There's a lot of musicians born in October. I don't know how come that is. But it's just musician month, I guess. I was born in Appleton City, Missouri, about 100 miles south of Kansas City. And uh, my father was a young preacher when I was born, and he began to pastor little churches. And so we lived in Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and all over the place. And, and uh, by the time I was in first grade, uh, we were back in the Springfield, Missouri area. And uh, that's about the time that my mom began to take me to concerts and uh, uh, as far back as I can remember, you know, I loved music and, of course, raised in church, preacher's kid, and and uh, that's all I've ever known, really, was church. And do, you remember, uh, do you remember what who you went to see in those concerts? I do. Uh, well, the first concert she took me to, I was too little to remember it. Yeah. I wasn't even a year old when we went to see the Blackwoods and the Statesman. Wow. At, at the Shrine Mosque in Springfield, Missouri. And, uh, but by the time I was in the first grade, I start, you know, that's about how far back my memories go. And, uh, we were going to see all the major quartets that came through and, and I loved them all. You know, I mean, that's my mom bought records and we had a little hi-fi and I, I spent hours in front of the hi-fi listening to records and trying to figure out the harmony parts and, you know, and, and, uh, and so I was raised on the Blackwoods and the Statesman and the Spear family. And by the time I was, uh, I don't know, nine or 10 years old, we were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dad pastored a little church there. 
And uh, at the Municipal Auditorium in Tulsa, there used to be a package that came through and the Oak Ridge Quartet was on that package. And that's back when Smitty Gatlin was still singing with them. And, and man, I just, I just fell in love with the Oak Ridge Quartet. And, and I love Tommy Fairchild's piano play and I love the way he played rhythm. And so I tried to figure all that out, you yeah. know, and, and uh, I was taking accordion lessons. I've had, I took accordion lessons for seven years, but I always wanted to play the piano and the guitar. So on the side, I was trying to learn how to play the piano and the accordion lessons helped with that. But I always played by ear. I didn't practice my lessons very well. Yeah. <laughs> I was always trying to figure it out by myself. But I loved the Oak Ridge Boys. And, and, and then as they progressed, we moved to California. Dad took a church out there. And we'd go to San Jose to see the quartets. And we'd also, we'd drive over 300 miles south to Los Angeles to the Long Beach Auditorium and see the quartets down there. Matter of fact, interesting story. We were there the night the Blackwoods recorded their famous live album where J.D. Sumner was going down to hit the real low note and the baby oh. cried out loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he stopped was, and said, bless its heart. Was that you that cried? That wasn't me. <laughs> I was in junior high school. <laughs> but we were there that night when that record was recorded. Wow, that is, that's something, man. Which is really cool. But that anyway, cool. Uh, that's the musical influences I had. But about that time when I was in junior high school, I got a, uh, I got a transistor radio for Christmas one year. And... Uh, uh, probably a lot of the people that will see this may not know what a transistor radio was, but a lot of people will. Oh yeah. People in my generation know what they were, yep. but it was a great little radio. And I would put that thing under my pillow at night on, especially on Saturday night. Cause my dad was real strict. He, he uh, didn't want me listening to worldly music. Oh yeah. yeah. The only thing I'd listen to was gospel. Yeah. But when I got that little radio, I started sneaking around mm -hmm. and listening to all kinds of music. Kind of like but what I would kids listen. do nowadays with their, uh, their, their earbuds phones and yeah. their iPads. They sneak right. around at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would put that little radio under my pillow after everybody went to bed. And I could, I could get on a clear night, I could get WSM yeah. and uh, listen to Grand Ole Opry. And so by, with doing that, I learned to love country music. And, and I loved Flatt and Scruggs and, and Bill Monroe and the Osborne yeah. Brothers. So I learned to love, you know, bluegrass music. Yeah. And that's really how I learned to sing harmony. Mm -hmm. uh, I got an album by the Osborne Brothers one time. It's, the album's called Up This Hill and Down. It's a classic bluegrass album. And uh, I learned to sing harmony by listening to those guys, you know, and also by listening to the Oak Ridge Boys. But so those were the kinds of musical influences that I really had growing up. And they pretty well shaped my musical preferences, you know, yeah. as I, as I grew older and, and uh, so I was always playing and singing in church and, and, uh, you know, my whole goal was to be in a group and play piano and sing. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that God's been so good to me because a lot of my dreams came true, really, yeah. honestly. And, and me too, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I just, I feel real fortunate, real blessed that, the, the things that I dreamed about when I was a kid, I got to do a lot of those things. Yeah. Maybe not at the level that I was hoping for. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in a sense, it, it, my dream still came true. Right. Oh, you know? and uh, I remember in 1983 when I got the job playing bass guitar for grandpa Jones, I wasn't a bass guitar player. I could play acoustic guitar, but, but 
I how got did you get the job if you weren't a bass player? I mean, how did you? Well, get that? I mean, I played acoustic guitar, so I knew how how you. I knew the technique of playing a yeah. bass guitar. I really never had had one in my hands, yeah. but I felt like I could do the job. His music was was basic and simple. Yeah, and uh, uh, but I, I got the job, and and uh, uh, that fulfilled one of the biggest dreams I had was I so. to play on the Grand Ole Opry. Oh man. You yeah. know, and that was my big excitement. To his listen job to it when you were just a little kid on a yeah. transistor radio to actually uh -huh. playing on the stage. That's right. And that's, I, I knew something. when I got that job, I was going, I was going to the Grand Ole Opry yeah. with him, you know? Sure. And I never forget the first, the first time that I played it, my whole family went down there with me. I never did move to Nashville. I've just, Grandpa at that time was working about 60 dates a year, mm -hmm. which worked out great for me because we had another business on the side and it was a great part-time job. He paid really well and, and, um, he didn't play clubs at all. Uh -huh. Everything he played was concert halls and fairs and, you know, and, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, that first, that first performance at the Opry was just like, I'm standing out there and I'm just can't believe that it's happening, you know? Yeah. And I still remember the feeling it was, I wasn't so nervous that I couldn't play. I think my performance was pretty good, but but I was excited, and it was just it was a dream come true. The adrenaline was flowing, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, and yeah. and then uh, two or three two or three uh, months later, I was down there doing the Opry with him, and and uh, we fi we got finished with a song, and they went to a commercial, and he turned around to me and he said, "Gene, you want to sing one?" And he gave me a solo spot on the opera, and he That's did right. that. He did that five or six times that while I was with him those three years. And now was that, that was that only on the radio then, or were they actually showing it on TV live? Back a couple then? times. A couple times it was on the TNN thirty-minute broadcast. Yeah. yeah. Were you, and, did you, uh, did you get a copy of that? I've got one of them. I wish I had both of them. Oh, man. But uh, but anyway, and you know they're replaying those now on this new network they've got out. Yeah. So, and. And I've seen a couple of them on YouTube, and uh, I actually saw uh, they show Crook and Chase on there. Yeah, and we it was Mid South's last uh, performance on the Nashville Network. Oh, cool! I yeah. saw it. I saw. Well, somebody <clears throat> told me it was on TV. You know, not, yeah, yeah, there yeah. it was. You know, well, they've yeah. played they played it a couple times when Grandpa was on there while I was with him. So I've been on that. But uh, anyway, so that what was kinda, a great. What kind of guy was he? I mean, I met him one time at, at yeah. Shoney's there in Nashville. He didn't have, I mean, he wasn't in costume. Right. So a lot of times you see somebody in costume, if you see them just in regular clothes, you don't recognize them. But I knew it was him. I could, I could sure. recognize his face. Grandpa really was nice. a great, he was a great guy. He was extremely honest. Uh -huh. uh, he wouldn't cheat you a dime. He, he just, he treated me great. We, uh -huh. he and I really hit it off. He, he just kind of took me under his wing and he was really good to me. And, uh, uh, but he, he had such a, he had this side to him that people thought he was kind of gruff and kind of, kind of rude sometimes, but he really wasn't. It yeah. just, you just had to kind of get acquainted with him yeah. and he didn't like, he would always sign autographs and he'd always stop and take pictures with people if he wasn't, if they didn't interrupt him while he was doing something else. Oh. You know, like if we were in a restaurant and we were eating and somebody had come up to him while he was eating his meal. That that aggravated him, but well, if they'd wait, if they would, when I saw him in yeah, if they wait till he got finished and come over there, he'd be fine, and he'd be yeah. he'd laugh and cut up. 
but he was, he was a fine man. He really yeah. was. And, uh, uh, they, they asked me and the other two guys that were in the band to be pallbearers at his funeral. And wow. that was an honor. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, but yeah, he was a good guy. He really good guy. I miss him. So what, what years was this? Uh, 83, 84 and 85. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when did, uh, it was a jubilation that actually started. Yeah. I, uh, the last year I was with grandpa, I, I don't know. I just, I just started, I got stirred up in my heart that I ought to go back into gospel music and, and I wanted it to be, you know, ministry and, but yet be professional. And, yeah. and uh, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. And I got to talking with Bruce Haynes one day, we got together down in Branson at that time he was playing on a show in, in Branson and, and, uh, I told him what I'd been feeling in my heart. And he said, man, that's crazy. He said, I've been feeling the same thing. And Bruce and I had known each other since he was 14 and I was 24. And yeah. we had always felt like we were going to work together at some point, but we didn't know how that was going to happen. And so we got to talking that day and, and, uh, we said, well, maybe we ought to think about putting a group together. And I said, well, we'd need a tenor singer. And he said, well, I know one that's ready. And I said, who's that? And he told me that Benny Wood, who was singing tenor with the Texans, the show that Bruce was playing for, that they had been talking about it on their bus. Yeah. And they they were tired of the Branson thing, and they felt like they needed to get back more towards ministry. Anyway, that's how it all came together. The three of us got together in about a week or two, we met at my church here where I live in Ozark, Missouri, and we sang a couple songs together just to see if we had any kind of a sound. And uh, we felt like we did, and, and I, we just felt like it was right, and that we just went for it. Yeah. And, but we, we had this thing. We said, if we're going to do this, we're not going to be a weekend group. We're going to go. We're going to be available full time yeah. so, you know, so we can go anywhere at any time, which – I don't know how much wisdom was in that, in, in that plan, but uh, cause yeah. we didn't, we didn't make hardly any money the first couple of years. Well, we never made well good money, but we didn't but, either. Uh, but <laughs> you know, but, uh, we just talking, did it. We committed talking, to it and that's what yeah, we did. I was talking to Kent about that. You know, a lot of people, they see you on stage, they see right. the bus, you know, they see the records, they see your songs on the radio somewhere, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they automatically think, oh, those people are, they're rolling in the dough. They're must oh, be making yeah. a killing, you know, but yeah. it wasn't the case, was it? No, it wasn't the case, but we, like I said, we were committed and uh, our wives committed to it. They, they were in agreement and, and if they hadn't all been working and had decent jobs, we wouldn't <laughs> have been able to do it. Right, but, right. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a sacrifice to be away from home a lot. Yeah. And uh, there were times when we were gone a lot. There were times where we weren't gone, but just a couple of days a week, yeah. you know how it is. Yeah. But, Oh yeah. But, uh, anyway, that's how we started. And just, uh, within six months of the time we started, uh, we added our drummer, J.R. Bradford and Bob Ashley came on board to play yeah. guitar and steel. And we had the five original guys then within yeah. six months. And it, it, it really worked well. And, and, uh, we had a great time and, and uh, got to do a lot of cool things. And well, I started, feel like we made some pretty good records. And You did. Uh, and it started out as Jubilation. We started out Jubilation. And what, it was, why, why was the change to White River? What, what happened well, there? Well, 
when we started, I mean, all we knew was Southern gospel, right? Like, like mid South boys. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, we were Southern gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wore ties and coats and yeah. we, I mean, we were Southern gospel and, yeah. and we loved it. And, uh, but as time went on, especially two or three years into it, uh, rolling down the road, whether we were in still in the van or by the time we got the bus, we found ourselves mostly what we listened to going down the road was country music on the right. radio. Yeah. That's what, that's the sound we like. That's the music we love. And, uh, you know, back in, in the late eighties, country music was exploding. It was. And there were so many country stations on the air. We're not all that many Southern gospel stations. Right. So we listened to country music and we would, and we listened to a lot, uh, with our Walkmans and our earbuds, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we got to talking about how, you know, we'd hear a song that we just loved and the sound we liked, we'd say, we wish our music sounded like that, but had our message. Yeah. And, you know, Bruce wrote on, he wrote 85, 90% of what we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just got to talking and said, you know, we ought to start writing more of a country style thing. And let's just, let's just do it. Let's just, yeah. I mean, and it just evolved over a short period of time. And what we, what I, at least I'll just speak for myself. What I really didn't realize at the time was there were some other people out there thinking the same things. Oh yeah. You guys were. Yep. And I had always followed Southern gospel music, but for some reason, I really wasn't all that familiar with the Dixie Melody Boys. Uh-huh. So I didn't know that much about the DMB band. Right. I began to find out about it the more we got into it. And I realized, hey, we really weren't the first. Those guys were. The DMB exactly. band really were the, they were really the forerunner of the whole I, thing. I, yeah, I told Ken, I said, a lot of people give Mid-South the credit for starting that right. Christian country sound, which actually the credit goes to Dixie Melody Boys DMB band. It They're really does. The first ones yeah. to actually venture out and do that. Yeah. And you know, and it doesn't really matter who started this. I'm just glad it got started, but, yeah. but they really were the first, but it's just funny, but I think it illustrates the fact that God was working in the hearts of more than just us or more than just you guys. Exactly. He'd already been working on it for a long time yeah. and, and preparing things. And as, as time went on, more people came on board and, and, uh, but it was, uh, you know, going really making up our minds to commit totally to Christian country music was kind of a big deal because we were, we weren't totally on the Southern gospel circuit as far as the big concerts were concerned. Right. But at the same time, we were getting a lot of radio play from Southern gospel. That's the only radio we had. And Southern gospel radio was, you know, fairly strong. And so when we made the commitment to move in the other direction, uh, not because we were trying to cut ourselves off from Southern gospel, it just happened organically, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and people, some people misunderstood our motive and uh, we weren't upset with Southern gospel. We didn't dislike it anymore. Right. We still loved it. It was what we grew up on. Yeah. I know there was a lot of misunderstanding and, and uh, uh, I don't know with, about you guys, but we even had, after we signed with Bill Trailer, you know, on Homeland, uh, he got some flack over signing us. Yeah. And uh, there was some 
misunderstanding. And he went, you know, he went to bat for us, got us on the quartet convention two years in a row. Mm -hmm. That second year, <laughs> we had played the uh, Gospel Jubilee. They filmed it down at Opryland. And uh, somebody posted a video of that on Facebook a while back. I was glad to see it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. But, uh, and uh, there was another show we did on TNN. I think it might've been the Pat Boone show. We did the Pat, I think that was the Pat Boone yeah. show. I had, I had been to some Western wear store there in Nashville and they were having a big sale and I bought one of them floor length dusters. Yeah. And it was bright red, about the color of your color shirt. shirt. <laughs> and so we, we went to film this TV thing and I dressed in a, some, I don't, I don't even know what I was had on and trailer came up to me. He said, you're not going to wear that new duster you bought. That's cool. I said, no, I wasn't planning to. He said, yeah, I want you to. He said, you got it on the bus. And I said, yeah, he said, go out and get it. So I ran all the way out the bus, got that thing. And I wore it on that TV show. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of the board members of the national quartet convention, they saw that show later and they didn't like it. They, they got all over Bill trailer for letting me wear that coat. <clears throat> well, he almost didn't get us on the quartet convention because of that. And they said, I, I, I won't mention any names, <laughs> but this one particular, one particular board member said, well, he ain't going to be on our stage if he wears that long red coat. Well, actually, actually and, you wore it on the stage cause we got up and sang with y'all. I like my gospel country that y'all recorded. At the quartet convention? Us and Jeff and Sherry, yeah. I forgot about that's that. Where we, that's where we maybe, all got blackballed. We, maybe we I did wear it. You on did. The quartet convention. Well, anyway, it was we that, it, that year. I think it was the last year quartet convention was in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, it was. Or maybe and, one more year. But, but I always uh, tell people that was. Year, it was the last year we were ever invited back. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, we didn't get to come back either. Uh, but I always tell people it's Bill Trailer's fault because he's one made me run out there and get it. Blame it on Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but see, people misinterpreted a lot of that. Yeah. To think that we were trying to make waves and we weren't, we loved everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's funny though, Bobby, a couple years later, I was at quartet convention. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was the same. I don't know when it was cause maybe they did move it to Louisville cause I never did go to Louisville. But the last time I was at the quartet convention in Nashville, I was walking around downstairs where they had all the tape tables set up and everything. And here come Maurice Templeton around the corner. Yeah. And he walked right up to me and I thought, you know what, I'm going to say something to him because I had heard that he wasn't happy with. Yeah. I walked up to him and I introduced myself to him and I said, I'd like to talk to you for a minute. And he was very nice, very kind. Uh -huh. He said, well, sure. And I said, I did, I, there's just been too much misunderstanding here. And I said, I just want you to know that even though we're, we've gone a different direction, we still love Southern gospel. I said, that's what we grew up on. That's our roots, you know? And I said, we're not against it. And we still love the quartet convention. Uh -huh. And we just had a nice little talk and I just tried to share my heart with him that we weren't trying to cause trouble. Yeah. And you know what? He was very nice. And he said, he said, I'm really appreciate you talking to me. And he said, if there's ever anything I can do for you, he said, you call me. That's cool. man. So yeah. I'm glad I had that chance to, to tell him what I did, you know? Yeah. But anyway, it was, uh, it was quite an experience. It was, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we did a lot of great things that we would have never done if we would have stayed in that Southern Gospel realm, you know. We, oh, we got to sure. play a lot of places. We got to be right. on a lot of TV shows. Right. Uh, we had a song that crossed over to pop radio. I mean, right. you know, it was it was exciting stuff. It was. And, what, and another thing that I always thought was cool was here we were, here you guys were, and we were kind of the two main ones there for a while. Yeah. And we were both a little bit different styles. We which y'all was were, great because y'all were more traditional. We were more the traditional country. Y'all were more restless heart, yeah. uh, Alabama type. Right. And so it was like, we was kind of covering all the bases, which I thought always thought was really, really good thing. It was. And, and we, uh, we did a lot of concerts together. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of times it was uh, mid South white river and Jeff and Sherry, which was yes. great. Great package. It was a great you package. The, you had the bluegrass Southern sound. Yeah. You had the traditional country sound and you had yeah. more of the pop or whatever yeah. country it yeah. just worked together we all it loved really each did other and just had a ball I'd love, yeah i was, wish we could do that again sometime i do too well i know that uh, jeff has really tried to put that together and it so far it hadn't come together but well, i hope if, it does someday if uh chet stolzfus was still around he, he went on to it, be with jesus a few years it would have probably happened if he was still around he would yeah. definitely do it i guarantee yeah. you yeah, we always love to go up there and work for him. Oh, yeah. But uh, but uh, we better make it happen for too long. Some of us are getting – we're going to be too old. Miss, especially you. <laughs> That's right. No, I, so what's what's been going on with you uh, the past few years? I know y'all have done a few re- reunion things. You we try to do at least one a year, and we have since – we started that in 2012. And uh, we've done about, let's see, four cruises – together wow. which which has been a lot of fun yeah, we and, never got to go do a cruise with mid-south i'm jealous well it it's uh <laughs> uh the the southern gospel radio station here in springfield missouri kwfc they're a hundred thousand watt fm uh they did three cruises and we were on those with them helping them with that and then uh another local gospel group here uh did their own cruise and they wanted us to go with them and that was the last one we did and in 2016, I believe it was, or 17, maybe. And so, yeah, we were able to do four cruises, and those were really nice. Um, and now we're kind of doing our yearly uh, uh, reunion at uh, Lebanon, Missouri, which is about 50 miles from here. Uh-huh. The New Horizons up there, the family group's been singing over 50 years, and they own the Southern Gospel radio station there in Lebanon. And uh, we just do their homecoming every year, and uh, – kind of consider that our reunion yeah and uh, they've cool. got a they've got a real nice civic center up there and they have great sound and yeah and it, it's always a good a good show and, and uh, that's kind of our yearly reunion now that's pretty cool you you you're doing some solo stuff too aren't you i i did quite a bit for a while i'm not doing a lot anymore but uh i'm doing a few dates a year i don't i tell you bobby i got so burnt out on being on the phone trying to book dates oh yeah. and i just I just can't stand to do it anymore. And so I don't hardly ever call anybody and ask for a date. If somebody calls me, then I'll go. Yeah. And uh, every now and then they'll call. I've usually, I'll do six or eight a year, you know? Yeah. And I always enjoy it. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, if somebody else would book me, I'd probably do a few more dates. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm the same, man. I, that's, that's the worst <laughs> part of, you know, trying to book and yeah. driving. That's, that's the worst part of it. If, if yeah. I could just, Somebody could book me and drive me to a place, let me sing. I know. I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't 
I don't do it for a living and you're still doing it for a living. That makes yeah. it, that makes it, uh, harder. But, uh, um, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I, I did a new CD a year and a half ago and yeah. I didn't really need it cause I'm not doing enough dates, but I just, I wanted to record in Nashville one more time. And I, and I had some things I wanted to record and, and then, uh, after our daughter died a few years back, uh, I, I wrote a song with Jerry Sally there in Nashville uh, about that experience. And well, it's more about the Bruce Haynes had a dream about her uh -huh. about four years after she died. And it was incredible. And that's what the song is really about. And, uh, but uh, I went to a songwriter's workshop there in the Nashville area and it kind of pulled me out of the rut I was in. I, I hadn't been able to write for several years. It kind of got me jump started again. And, and, uh, I wrote that. So after I got that written, uh, I decided I want to cut in Nashville one more time at least. And, and, uh, so I, uh, worked out a deal with Dirk Johnson and he produced it for me and, and, uh, he made me a great record. He really yeah, did. And it and, really uh, is. Uh, so I'm real happy with that. And of course now I'm wanting to do it again. I, oh, I don't yeah. know if I will or not, but if I can, if I can raise the money, I may, but, but uh, it's it's a great CD. Uh, we listened to it. We we played. We did a mid south uh, kind of reunion thing close to pretty close to where you live uh, back last year. Oh, Conway, uh, Missouri. July. Yeah, I stopped by there. And you stopped by. Said to hi, see you us, guys. Took yeah. some pictures with you, and uh, you yeah. gave us all CDs. And we listened to it on the way back home to Nashville. And I tell you, it's 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 really good. Well, Dirk Dirk's a genius in the studio. I mean. He knows how to make a country record. He really does. He does. He's producing all the Gene Watson stuff right now. And, and uh, but I'm real happy with it. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's great. by far the best thing I ever did. Where, if, if somebody wanted to get one, one of your CDs, where could they find it? I mean, you can, you can get on my Facebook page and, and talk to me and I'll send you one, but it's on, it's on iTunes and, okay. and most of the digital outlets, you can download it's, it. It's Gene Reasoner. What's the, yep. what's the name of the album project? Daddy, I'm home. Daddy, I'm home. That's the yep. uh, song about your daughter. Yeah, that's the title of the yeah. album, Daddy, I'm home. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, I, hope, we, uh, I, we, I encourage y'all to do that. Get one of Gene's uh, projects. It's really, really good. Yeah, I'd if love, you like, I'd love if you like traditional country music yeah. with the steel guitars and the and, nice keyboard, you know, piano, and, and it's good. It's, I mean, it's top notch. Well, we had Mike Johnson on steel. He's just yep. as good as it comes. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, of course, Dirk played the keys and, Kevin Williams played acoustic and, uh -huh. and, uh, Kelly back on the lead. And yep. it, it's, it's a good record. Yeah. yeah. It's great. The, the vocals, the only weak link in the chain. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Don't say that. Don't say that. I actually, I actually was sick at the time. And, uh, uh, if I had a lot of money and I could do it over, I'd, I'd do my vocals over, but most people probably can't tell it, but I can hear it when I listen to it. It's, it's my voice wasn't hundred percent because I was really having some, uh, respiratory problems, but I, I just thought it's because you're getting old. That, that's what I thought. Well, I, <laughs> that's 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 an issue too. <laughs> no, man, I'm just kidding you. It was really uh, good. It's really well, good. Thanks, appreciate it, Gene. Uh, thank you so much for doing. Hey, this. man, I enjoyed it. I hope I didn't talk too much, but oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, one more thing before we get off. I want okay. you think of a, a funny, crazy story that happened on uh, the road. I mean, it don't have to be with White River. It could be with Grandpa. You know, whatever. Yeah. Just you know. Tell somebody a good, funny story, Rose story. Uh, well, you know, there was funny things that happened to 
to me all through the years. But one time when I was with Grandpa Jones, he, he traveled. Grandpa never did own a bus. He always traveled in campers or motorhomes. He he was he was a little bit tight, and he he just didn't ever want to spend the money to buy a bus. But yeah. But when I went with him, he had just bought a brand new Holiday Rambler motorhome. It was a nice motorhome in 1983. And uh, but there for a while, we got to breaking fan belts on that thing. And uh, I guess one of the pulleys on it had gotten bent or something, and, and we'd go five or six hundred miles, and the fan belt would break. Mm. And uh, and then when we'd get back to Nashville, well, he he'd mess around, wouldn't get it put in the shop, and so. Every time I'd go down there and, and meet him to go out on the road, he'd come walking out of the house with three or four brand new fan belts under his arm. So he'd have plenty of <laughs> fan belts to carry on the road. But he, he, grandpa was kind of a shade tree mechanic and uh, he'd crawl underneath that thing and change those fan belts himself. And he didn't want any of us helping him. Is that right? Uh, he, no, he, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and he'd get under there and, and he'd bust his knuckles with them old crescent wrenches and mm. carry on. But, Anyway, he got to where he could change one in about 15 or 20 minutes. Wow. And we came in the Opry one night. We'd been out on the road. We got we got back just time to do the Opry, and we walked in there. And, and uh, Harold Weekly, the staff drummer at the time on the Opry band, he always wanted to hear the latest grandpa story, you know. So he came over where we standing on the side of the stage. and He said, uh, Grandpa, he said, uh, here you've been breaking a lot of fan belts lately. And Grandpa said, yes. He said, I'm getting so good at changing them now, I can change them with the engine they're running. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, one time with White River, we uh, we did what a lot of groups have happened to them through the years, at least once. We, uh, we left somebody behind. We had a rule on our bus that if we stopped at a truck stop, especially in the middle of the night, and uh, the driver got out to fuel up, if somebody else got off the bus and the driver didn't see him, they were supposed to take the road atlas and lay it on the driver's seat. So when the driver got back in, he'd see that atlas laying there, yeah. and then he had to wait on somebody to come back. Yeah. Well, I got out and fueled up. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. We were at Katy, Texas, and we were going to Houston, and we were meeting a friend of ours over there for breakfast at Cracker Barrel. So I was in a hurry to get it full of fuel. Everybody, I thought everybody was in the bunk asleep. And uh, I got back on, I checked, the road atlas was down in the floorboard there where we kept it. It wasn't on the seat, so I just took off. <laughs> and there was a McDonald's sitting right next to the truck stop. What I didn't know was our drummer had gotten off to get a cup of coffee at McDonald's, and he forgot to put the atlas oh, in no. the seat. So I get over there, 100 miles later, I get over there at this Cracker Barrel, and uh, it was daylight by that time, and I went back in the back, started waking everybody up. Get up, it's time to eat breakfast. I reached up there in that top bunk, and no JR. He wasn't there, and I knew exactly where he was. I thought, oh, he's for, he forgot. So uh, the guy that we were meeting there for breakfast, him and Bruce got in, in his car, and they drove over there and got him. We all went back to bed while they ran over there 100 miles and got JR. But we <laughs> left him over there, and they – Bruce said when they pulled in there, he was 19 or 20 years old. He he was a newlywed, and he just had his first baby, and his baby was like six or eight weeks old. And uh, and he got out of the bus to get him a cup of coffee, but he only had about a dollar on him, just enough to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And so 
we had run off and left him. He didn't have any money to get anything to eat with. Oh, man. But by the time Bruce got over there to pick him up, those girls felt sorry for him that worked in there, and they had him all kinds of food, and they, <laughs> they gave him all kinds of those uh, uh, those little toys they give kids in those yeah in those little dinners yeah he, they, they loaded meal. him up happy meal <laughs> they loaded him up with happy meal toys for his new baby <laughs> and he's Man. just sitting there grinning bruce said he walked in jr said i knew y'all would come back and get me <laughs> yeah you know what we did that same thing yeah uh remember when robbie had his scuba diving accident oh yeah back oh, in 88 yeah. well kent was was traveling with us singing robbie's part and then we had a, a keyboard player for little rock that played keyboards yeah and i think we were in oklahoma somewhere we were driving back to little rock and uh we stopped in fort smith at a truck stop yeah fort smith at a truck stop and the keyboard player got off didn't tell anybody we were getting fuel we got back in took off drove all the way to little rock (laughs) stopped to get everybody up and he wasn't there just like the same thing and that was it happens about every group at some time that was three hours away man Oh man, and that you know, of course, that was before we had cell phones. Oh yeah, I mean, if that happened yeah. today, you could just call if you had your cell phone with you, or you sure. know, if you knew the phone number, you could call yeah. a cell phone. Hey, you forgot me, and they could turn around yeah. and go get you. But sure. there wasn't no way to get a, get a hold of no, anybody back then. then. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that happen on the road. Funny like stories, I'm telling. You. We could write a book, couldn't we, Jim? Oh yeah, we could. We could. Man, I'm, act- I'm, act- I'm actually writing a book now, but it's not about that. Oh really? Well, I've been writing a blog since not, uh, since 2011. Yeah. I don't write it every month, just whenever I feel like it. And I just write about all just whatever I'm feeling and whatever I'm thinking at the time. Yeah. And uh, I'm putting all those blogs that I've got so far together and in a book. That's cool. And uh, yeah, I've something I kind of wanted to do. So I'm working on that right now. That's yeah. awesome, man. Well, man, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for doing it. I, I, this has been fun. Yeah, I can't wait to get it on Facebook and have everybody check you out, man. Well, thanks for what you're doing here. And, and uh, I've, man, I've always cherished our relationship personally and with, with Mid-South. And, yeah. And uh, it's just it's a lot of great memories. Yeah, there never was any competition between us two. I mean, we Absolutely had, not. We had no. our own identity, our own style, yeah. and it worked yeah. well together. And we just always yeah. had fun when we were with you guys. And just, That's right. I miss those days. I really do. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. But thanks All a right. lot, Gene. All right, man. Good to see you again. You're looking good, to good see you. for a 72-year-old man. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> You're looking good, too. You'll look better when you get a haircut someday. I nah, I'm, always I'm just kidding. You. Long hair. Yeah. I love it. I think you need to bring the mullet back. I don't know about that, but they are coming back though. I heard. I know. I've noticed that. Back. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, back in the nineties when I had mine, I, I always thought, well, you know, people said, you know, when in the two thousands, when I finally cut my hair a little shorter, they'd see pictures of me with the mullet. They go, oh, yeah. look at the mullet. And I'm, I'm yeah. Saying, It'll I come back someday. It'll come back. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> but Thanks, Gene. So All much. right, man. Thank I really you. appreciate you. And, uh, appreciate you. Stay safe and stay well. Don't get that virus. Oh, uh, you too. Same, same right. to you. All right. See you. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.